during difficult times, people say, let's find our motivation, let's find our passion. What you need to find is upskilling. We do not trade products or services, we trade reputation. The pain of remaining the same outweighs the pain of changing. Michael, doing a good job is just part of your success. When did you first unearth those innovative secrets that help turn visions into reality? I'll say something that they say in the theater, and I think you know it better than me, you are as good as your last performance. So there is no unearthing. There is hard work, perseverance, resilience in this time and age. And uh, as I said at the beginning, you're as good as your last performance. The person who has seen me in a speech that I wasn't so good, that's what they remember. The person who has seen me in a speech that I excelled, that's what they remember as well. So there are no secrets and there is no time frame. It's continuous work uh, to reach uh, in inverted commas success, which is very elusive and you never reach it. How relevant is personal branding for entrepreneurs? We do not trade products or services, we trade reputation. And personal branding is your reputation. Uh, I have a speech that I've given in Hong Kong uh, three years ago, the five P's of success. I'm not going to go into all this, but some of the P's are the following, to be positive, to be prompt, to be product-centered. It also applies for service-centered, but I wanted the five P's. So it's all about honoring those promises. It's all about trading your reputation. Most people think they're trading on price. They think they're trading on products. They think they're trading on a camera, on a show. It's reputation. Get your reputation right, the price will fix itself. Everything will fix itself. So that's, for me, it's personal branding. And as the owner of Amazon, Jeff Bezos said, it's what they say about you when you're not in the room. That's what branding is all about. I believe your passion should become your purpose and ultimately your profession. Is it difficult to motivate and inspire people during difficult times so that they too can find their own sense of purpose? When the pain of remaining the same outweighs the pain of changing, you will change. When a relative of mine was smoking for 40 years and she got cancer and she went to the doctor and the doctor told her that she has cancer, she quit smoking. When the pain of remaining the same outweighs the pain of changing, you will change. So whenever we have difficult times, I feel bad, but I also feel great. And that's where you find your purpose. That's what motivation is all about. It's not about great words. It's about finding the pain. Although many people harbor a deep desire to seek change in their lives, they often turn away from opportunities and experiences because the reasons not to do things weigh heavier than reasons to do them. What advice would you give to someone in order to fuel their desire and essentially overcome those barriers? First and foremost, if you need it badly, at the end of the day you'll find a way to do it. And. Um, what, what I do with my mentees, I get them to write down their goals in the present format. Uh, not, I want to quit smoking, I am a non-smoker. Because the, the subconscious mind can help you. So, write things down, but the secret doesn't work on its own. You have to work at it. You can hire a coach, but at the end of the day, the coach cannot do your push-ups. I can hire the best coach in the world. They will tell me the exact exercises, how many times per week, per day, per minute. But if I'm not willing to sweat it out, that's money thrown aside. During difficult times, people say, let's find our motivation, let's find our passion. No, no, what you need to find is upskilling. Upskilling, not motivation and passion. I think during difficult times, you find motivation and passion because the pain of remaining the same 
outweighs the pain of changing. It's upskilling that people need. I found my purpose not early in life, but later on in life. I found it at, at 44 years of age, and I found it, which was one of the most important events in my life, when my father died. I wasn't born poor, I uh, wasn't a sad case, I was born in a, an okay family, we were comfortable enough economically, but when my father died, I knew that I had nowhere, no, no, nothing to fall back on. So that was the time, and uh, I'm sorry to say it live, at 44 years of age that I felt that I became a man. When I met Jeffrey Gidomer, the sales consultant uh, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, I saw him on stage, I was mesmerized. I said, I want to become that. And I was just a salesperson in Cyprus, dealing with other family business variety with catering equipment and tabletop supplies. Um, I mean, I didn't have any qualifications. I didn't study anything about training. I said, I want to become that. So I went up to him and I told him, Mr. Gidomer, how can I become like you, sir? And he said, it's easy and it's difficult. And as a Cypriot, I said, what's easy? And he said, study two hours on your chosen topic every day except weekends. In five years, you'll be recognized in your country as an authority, 10 years worldwide. And then I said, what's difficult? He said, you have to have consistency. Can you stay at it for 10 years straight? Every day except weekends, two hours every day. In other words, he was telling me about the 10,000 hour rule which was popularized by Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers. It wasn't Mal Malcolm Gladwell's rule, but it was popularized there. And he's right, 10 years correspond to 10,000 hours approximately. I do help people, and I'll give you one example. Um, when I'm doing seminars, I don't even touch my phone. I don't even answer my phone. But there is a gentleman who was working at Polyclinic Gia. He lost his job, and uh, he had also a child to take care of and uh, he couldn't make ends meet. And I was at the University of Lausanne. I was giving a seminar. Uh, very influential people called me. I didn't answer. I will answer after seven hours when I complete the course. And then this gentleman called. And I answered. I never answered in my seminar. But you know why I answered? Because I felt like I was his hope. If I didn't answer the phone when this gentleman was calling, it was like, he had no, no, nowhere else to turn. So helping him wasn't about finding a job, which I found one at the end. It was about uh, giving someone hope about humanity. If, someone, if, if we change a person's life, uh, if we gave meaning to somebody, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest reward of them all. Because honestly, I feel I am 25 years old, whereas I'm 48, going to 49. Time has flown and uh, we were friends many, many years ago. Uh, we met in classroom when I was a young boy. And uh, honestly, when I see people telling me this, not I read your book, not congratulations about your work, but you have changed my level, you have helped me. I feel proud and uh, I, have an I feel an obligation to try even harder and help people.